and welcome to CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Ales here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Devin. I'm joined as I am every week by Mr. Shane Reeves. Before we do anything else on the show, I give up. I'm going to elicit from our listeners, from you, from anybody, perhaps a security professional. We've got a guy that does, you know, professional security here. Mm-hmm. How do I keep my wife from smoking my cruise cigars? A uh, padlock and an ironclad prenup. <laughs> it's a little too late for the last. <laughs> I looked at it. So the first time it's a mistake. The second time... How much trouble are you going to get for bringing this up on the show? Well, that, that's the reason I'm doing it right off the bat. Oh, okay. The other <laughs> that way night, she's got the rest of the show of sitting there glaring at you while right. you guys walk, listen to this next Saturday? Well, the other night, we sit, so we were at Big Boy's Cigars, mm-hmm. and I went in there and they had the Rosa Sharon. And she said, oh, I don't... Oh, you had one? Yeah, I had one of those for you, but she smoked it. So, <laughs> I was going... <laughs> so... I was going in the humidor, and she said, oh, no, I don't need any more rows of Sharon. I said, great, I'll get them for me. So I grabbed a couple for myself. Well, last week I brought one for you for the show, but Luciano took care of us. Right. So I, I just took it home and said, that'll be a cruise cigar. Sure enough, Monday night, sitting next to me, lit up bigger than anything, my rows of Sharon just burning <laughs> in the wind. And it was in the basket, clearly marked cruise cigars. I don't know what else to do. I, I think you're going to have to put it in the bottom. In You're going to have to build a trap door in the back of the humidor with a sliding thumbprint biometric scanner that only you can open. Yeah. Have Ace lower you down from the ceiling with on a pulley. And I considered changing the, lo- the combination on the safe and putting it in there. <laughs> but, no, but anyway, okay. Now that I'm aptly in trouble for the rest of the show. Decoy. You need a decoy, ba- oh, basket, decoy basket of cruise cigars. Perfect. That's. Uh, is it the forbidden fruit thing? Is it? The, it's absolutely every, the forbidden every fruit. Every time thing. she opens the humidor, she eyeballs that basket like it's like it's just the most important. And these are not even cigars normally. The normally now the Rosa Sharon I should I shouldn't take too hard because that is a cigar she smokes. Yeah. Even though that's a size she told me she didn't like yet she smoked it. Um, Any port in a storm, Shane. Yeah. But the, the Esperatu that she smoked is a cigar that she would have never picked out other than the fact that it was in the basket. <laughs> but anyway, okay, let's talk about what we're going to smoke tonight. Yeah. Tell them about your cigar. Yeah, uh, so we've, we've got a, a... This is a little bit different. So you've smoked one of the Leaper's Fork Distillery cigars. Right, the one I had had the green label. Yes, this, out, this is the blue label. And just like that cigar, don't have any clue what's going on with it. I don't have... Uh, the faintest idea what I'm getting into here, um, and it's dark as a bat cave over here. It started to get dark earlier. We're recording late because I got here late, and it's already getting dark outside. I can't even see. It's I'd say it's medium in color. It doesn't look too light. It's hard to see, yeah. but um, it's medium by the light of an iPad. Yeah, it's uh, what what would you say six by fifty eight? Yeah, six by fifty eight. It's a good size. It yeah, looks a, like a, I mean the one I had was a good cigar. Yeah, um, so I'm I'm on a very relatively fresh palate for myself today. I'm, this will only be my third cigar of the day. So, I, so on Wednesdays I typically have a cigar around lunchtime. Just because pretty much every day I have a cigar around lunchtime. Right. And then I have my sales meeting here, so we always have a cigar. And then typically, depending on the day, I will have another cigar in the afternoon right? Uh, while I'm finishing up appointments and things like that. Then we'll have one on the show, and then we'll have one after. I don't always smoke five cigars a day, but on Wednesdays tends to be a very cigar-heavy day for me. Um, so I only had one cigar this afternoon and uh, and a... Papas Fritas, which is just a li- yeah, d- barely even count. So I had one and a half, a half cigar. cigars today. So uh, I'm really looking for. Plus, I've got a fresh cup of coffee here. I'm I'm really looking to see how those complement. Well, the one I had was a good cigar. I think he said that somebody in South Carolina actually made them for Leaper's Fork and all. But I enjoyed it. It was a good cigar. Um, I am smoking big time tonight. Beth called me today and said, hey, the Undercrown Dogmas have arrived. The 2019 Dogmas have arrived. Here's the price of a box of them with your discount. I said, go for it. So I bought a box of them. First and foremost, 
These suckers were hermetically sealed. This was the tide. I liked. I had my pocket knife and liked to have never got into the bundle of cigars. And uh, because one of our friends here, he's getting his citizenship Friday, and so I wanted to give him a nice cigar for his citizenship, and it just happened that I had the dogmas there. Yeah. I liked to have never got in the bundle. But it's a Mexican San Andreas wrapper, Connecticut stalk cut Habano binder, filler leaves from Nicaragua and Brazil, and the... It's a 6x50 box press, and it comes in a 10-count box. Now, I've had dogmas. I like the dogma. I'm interested to see how the 2019 dogma really performs. Um, hold, hold that up. You said 6x50? Yep. It says 6x56. Oh, sort of a rectangular box press. I, I would have thought that was bigger than that, but yeah, it's about a 50. Yeah, well, 56. 6x56 box press. So I'm excited for it. I'm, I really like the... I like the Drew Estate almost never disappoints. You know, Fuente's special releases can be hit or miss for me, but Drew Estate almost never disappoints when it comes time. Yeah, they're, they're, I'm not a huge fan, as we've talked about many times, but their special releases, with the exception of the Pappy Van Winkle, um, I've always found to be what they do very, very well. So on the cold draw, it's, it's got that Liga taste. And uh, has that Liga Pravada feel, that oaky. Um, I just barely clipped the end of it, I think, because, again, we're sitting in the dark. Right. I just barely clipped the end of it, but the draw is good. I'm not a big box press fan, but the thing is, this is not a rectangular enough box to really punch it. This had to be cut. Yeah. Generally, I'm going to punch got, a box which press. Which you've gotten away from that lately. Yeah, well, if I smoke a box press, I usually punch it. And uh, just because the, the nature of cutter does not work as gotcha. well. Gotcha. So I'm very excited to smoke this. So tonight on the show, we're going to talk about cigar cinema. I can't hardly wait. And I'll, I'll probably have to give you a little guff about your selections. Um, I'm sure you will. And I'll, we have very different movie tastes. But we'll, we'll talk about that. First thing I want to talk about. Let's go ahead and start out with one of my favorite articles. Ever? No, not ever. But this week? This week, this is from Cigar Journal. It says, Smoking jackets create awareness for Olivia School in Nicaragua. So, in order to raise money for their school in Nicaragua, Jay Cortez and Oliva created a raffle where everyone choosing to donate had the chance to win a smoking jacket. Have you ever owned a smoking You seem like a guy that would own a smoking jacket. I, I will be the guy who, at some point in my life, owns a smoking jacket. I have not to this point ever, but it's something that is very sorely missing from my closet at the moment. I've always thought it's just such a classic look. It's just it it, and and I've known some people who've worn them just kind of as, as regular everyday wear. And there's a certain kind of person that can pull it off. I hope I am that person because I'll be severely disappointed if I'm not. Well, you look like the kind of guy that could wear a smoking jacket, and I, I don't know that I could pull off the smoking jacket. It's it, it's for the same reason that you can wear hats and I can't. Some people can can pull off the sport coat look just with jeans or with whatever, and other people can't. So what is the purpose of the smoking jacket? Is it to protect your clothing? Is it to um, enhance the overall appeal of the shop that you happen to be sitting in? What's the purpose of the smoking jacket? So I wish you'd asked me this before the show so I could have pulled something up online to make me sound like I know what the heck I'm talking about. But for the most, from what I understand, so the smoking jacket tradition came around, I want to say around the Edwardian uh, kind of British era, maybe Victorian, but I think it was Edwardian. And at that time, the people who were smoking cigars primarily were people of an upper echelon in class. These are people that dressed for breakfast, changed for lunch, changed for tea, changed for dinner. And then typically you would have a, a, a smoking jacket. It was it was part of... As evening wear. As evening wear. Um, not as formal wear, mind you, um, but as, as just a signification of a passing of time. So uh, I, I think some of it came from that, just a tradition of, of the fact that you, you sneeze, you change your clothes, basically. Uh, but I do think there was a certain element of sort of protecting your clothing from stray ash or whatnot. I don't think it has anything to do... These days, we think about it in terms of protecting your clothes from the, from the smoke smell. Right. 
but back at this time, everyone pretty much smoked anyway. So I don't think there was much of a concern for how your clothes smelled. Plus, they got laundered about once every three months. So. Sure. Well, it was yeah, it was a time when cleanliness was not as well thought out. But I do love the look of the smoking jacket. Now, I'm probably more likely to get a Batman-style utility belt with cutters and lighters on it than I am a smoking jacket, but I could see you in one. I could see one come together for you, but... Really- According to Wikipedia, it was to absorb the smoke from his cigar or protect uh, clothing from falling ash. Were they made of asbestos? I mean, what were they made of? A velvet, mostly, I think. Velvet. That's, that's, that's what the look I have. They're, they they come from the Turkish tradition of tobacco. You know, Hugh Hefner could rock a smoking jacket. True. He always had the, the really nice smoking jackets. Him and Don Adams. Oh, I'm sorry. Silk, not velvet. Oh, silk. silk. Okay. Well, now, yeah, silk's pretty tough. You know, silk is deceptively tough. It, it really is. But great, great article. Um, you can go to Cigar Journal and re- read it. But, you know, everybody gives, this is the thing, everybody gives away ashtrays, everybody gives away metal signs, lighters, cutters. I've got a, I've got a 50-gallon tote full of cigar stuff at the house and all that I've just acquired through my travels. Nobody's ever gave me a smoking jacket. Well, I think the logistics of that make it really tough. Oh, if, if anybody could do it, Drew Estate could do it. Oh, they absolutely could. And Jonathan Drew is, the, is absolutely the type that could totally uh, pull it off. The fact that he's not wearing one every time we see him is pretty amazing. It, it really is. Um, but yeah, I, I really love the idea that, go, going back to the article, I love that Oliva's doing this. This is this is one of those accessories that, you know, we've talked about gifts for cigar smokers a lot. And we always talk about lighters and we talk about cutters and, and other things. We've never mentioned, as far as I can remember, a smoking jacket. If it's somebody that you're willing to spend that kind of money on, because they're not cheap, and... That would be a phenomenal gift for the cigar smoker in your life. The hint, hint, honey. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that's a pretty amazing gift. So if you look, if you look up, I'm just doing. We're doing a. We should do some show prep someday, but we're doing a live, um, live Amazon search. Men's silky satin smoking jacket, eighty nine ninety five on Prime. Yeah, but is that? I don't know that. It's maroon. I mean, it looks like something Hef would wear. Yeah. So I, I, like the, I like the idea of one that's not maroon. I know maroon is the one you most... Co- that's a robe. That's not a smoking jacket. It says silky satin. Yeah, smoking. it does, but that, that's basically a robe. In, I like the... I know everyone's kind of associate smoking jacket with maroon because of Hugh Hefner. But sure. I like the idea of, of something with a little bit more personality to it than that. Oh, yeah. This picture. Okay, everybody go on Amazon. (laughs) Right this second. Oh, here's what... Dude, the cigar cast smoking... Oh, dear God. (laughs) Is that not the least masculine picture you've ever... I mean, (laughs) so why is the guy... So we're looking at a picture of a smoking jacket, and the guy wearing it has a pipe in his mouth, no shirt on under the jacket, and for some reason is wearing a sailor's hat. See? (laughs) Okay, Trey's going to show me... Yeah, see, that looks classy, the lapels. Yeah, it's lapels and, I, I and, think the and lapels buttons, sell it. buttons over a sash all day long. Okay, well, we'll uh, we won't cover that too much and further. And only 95 bucks, that's not bad. So, but yes, for the, for the high-end gift for that smoker in your life, the smoking jacket would be pretty cool. Absolutely. And uh, we had a young lady that was actually going to fashion school here that was trying to design a line of men's smoking jackets, but she kind of fell off the wagon and disappeared. Yeah. And all off the dark dark side of the earth. So <laughs> let's talk about the new Oliva Siri V Milanio Limited Edition. Yeah, as long as we're talking about Oliva, I, you know, I saw this and and I love the. I've got to close this window or I'll be looking at smoking jackets the whole time we record. I love uh, the Siri V Milanio. I've talked about it a lot as being sort of a poor man's padrone or. But it's not because it's pretty close in price range. But it's it's every bit the quality of a Padron. It's not exactly the same flavor profile, but I think the quality is absolutely there. Um, this is the Diadema limited edition of 2019 that um, they're just they've just announced uh, to the public. Yeah, they just whoa sorry I was too close to the microphone. They just announced that and they're going to release it in Dortmund, Germany, and it's. 
round as opposed to box press, which I like. I do too. That's that's the one thing that makes me want to book a trip to Germany. Is is to get because as much as I love the Milano, and their box press is not a rigid box press. It it's one that I can tolerate because it has really well rounded edges. I'd love to have a, a truly round Milano. Says it's gonna it's gonna release um, 2,500 boxes released to the global market, and each box will have 10 cigars. So be interesting. I like the Milano blend. That the only thing I don't like. Why do you release if don't release a special edition and don't change the blend? Change the blend if you're gonna make it a special edition. This is the same blend. It's just a different shape. Says the guy who loves the feral flying pig. Okay. Because it's finally big enough to enjoy. Yeah, but that's that's a limited edition. Right, but my complaint with the flying pigs, the whole line is, other than the feral, they're too small. Yeah. By the time, you but know, they're just no, enough to make you want no a cigar. But it's no different blend. The only thing is the size. I'm just saying, eat your own words. I will say, um, something interesting in this article they talk about is the fact that it has a conical head that doesn't end in a proper tip. Is that a German thing, or is that a, their way of saying it's torpedo? So if you look at the cigar I'm holding in my hand, which I'm planning to smoke after our show, Guardian of the Farm Night Watch, um, if we had light, what you would see is it has that same conical head. It doesn't come to a point like a torpedo, but but it it does neck down just a little. Okay. So in the Guardian of the Farms have that conical head. That's the kind of their... See, that still is a torpedo to me, but I, I do see the difference now that you've pointed it out. So I think those will be interesting. You know, they just made the Milanio a regular release, so I think that'll be really interesting. I do want to talk about something that probably nobody else listening is interested in but me. You ever watch The World's Strongest Man, that competition? I have not been up watching ESPN at 2 a.m. in a long time, so it's been a while. But well, that's why we are blessed with DVR. Don't have one of those either. Caveman. But so the world's strongest man competition this year was actually won by a Texan. I forget the young man's name, but he's the youngest man to ever win the world's strongest man. Um, Last year, half Thor Julius Borchson, also known as the mountain in Game of Thrones. He won it finally last year. But the year before last, Eddie Hall won it. And he's the one from the documentary. Yeah, he's British. He's from. Yeah, he's from the documentary Strongman. Yeah, which is Um, phenomenal. If you haven't watched that, by all means. But he recently had the chance, and he actually holds the world deadlift record, a little over 2,000 pounds. He did it with Arnold Schwarzenegger watching him at the Arnold, which was a beautiful part of the documentary. But recently, he got to work out with Arnold Schwarzenegger. He was meeting um, Arnold Schwarzenegger in Wales, and they decided they'd just go work out the next day. Can you imagine what it would be like to work out for an hour with Schwarzenegger? No, even... I'm not going to go so far as to say I'm in my prime now, but me at my prime and him 20 years from now, still. I, oh, oh, yeah. He'd have to be dead three days for me to keep up. Yeah. And probably still look better than it's me. It's like watching The Rock. He'll, he'll post videos and photos of his workouts and stuff, and it's just I can't wrap my head around the things that these guys are capable of. Well, so he invited Eddie Hall to his hotel in Wales when he was appearing on a stage for an experience of Arnold Schwarzenegger. And they just decided the next morning, and then over breakfast and cigars, this is the part I love, over breakfast and cigars, they had a a discussion about an undisclosed project. How many deals have been closed over breakfast and cigars? Breakfast and cigars, probably fewer than lunch or dinner and cigars, but deals closed over cigars, I'd say, is more than any other... Deals closed over cigars. You know, this is the thing. I don't think people that smoke don't smoke cigars realize what an experience a cigar lounge is. What the the variety of human beings you get to interact with that under normal circumstances you'd never come into contact with. Yeah, I mean, the the cigar shop we talk about many times is comprised of so many different people from so many different walks of life. I have seen countless people get jobs oh, yeah. from uh, the people that they know in a cigar shop or from uh, just from meeting at a cigar shop. I'm, I, interv- I interviewed for my current job in this very cigar shop. Probably at this table. Uh, that one right over there, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, but <laughs> well, 
you know, and so one of the skills in life that I think is underrated that people don't do is how to fill out a references. You know, when you're at that part of the re- of the sheet where they say references, how to fill out that part. You know, my brother's stepson. He put his 16-year-old sister down as a you reference. You didn't tell me 16-year-old earlier. That's that's a horse of a different color altogether. Yeah, so what's the what's the guy going to do? Now, granted, he was applying for a job in retail, so it's not like he was you know applying for NASA engineer. Right. But at, at that level, they're looking for someone who has references. Yeah. They don't really care. Just can you fill out this box, yes or no? Can you write right. English exactly. legibly? Do you know people who, well, usually who you're, in fact, on most business applications or employment applications, it actually says to whom you have no familial relationship. Like it, it basically says not family. Sure. But, you know, you think about it. In this cigar shop, I could have a world-class real estate agent as a reference. I could have a XPGA tour professional as a reference. I could have, um, you know, a multimillionaire who's just a really good dude, have him as a reference that owns property all over this town. Countless attorneys. Countless attorneys. Oh, yeah, I didn't mention Jay. <laughs> Countless attorneys that know. And the, and when you share a cigar with somebody, you really get to know their character. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we've the big, big hot debate, and we're not going to get into it on the show, but the big hot debate here lately has been the unions and the strikes with GM and all that. And, right. There, it's kind of a evenly divided for and against strikers, you know, in the shop. But that's been the hot debate. But things like that tell you what you need to know about people. Well, it does. It also, what I like about the cigar shop, oftentimes it gets painted with this brush of being pretty much Republican, old, rich, white guys. And it's not. And it's it's not. There are days when it feels like an echo chamber um, in here for, you know, the people who speak the loudest. But there are other days when... The conversation and the discussion are so good because of the the various opinions that are present, and I think that's what leads to good business conversations. Bringing it back to the topic at hand is because you get to know what makes people tick. You don't just have conversations over the latest sports stats from the night before and that sort of thing. You actually get to know people. Well, you know, and volunteer for some stuff. You know, I have tons of people that they know me because I'm Shane that runs the poker game. Right. I never made a nickel off the poker game, never intend to, just enjoy doing it. I enjoy having a game. Um, I'm a little bit of a control freak, so that works into that for me. But we're able to put together a poker game, and it's strictly voluntary. But deferred compensation in life is huge because when people talk to you, they learn so much about you. Yeah, no, absolutely. So so organize something at your local cigar shop. That's a good – we used to do domino games as well. Uh, at my old shop on Thursday. We did poker on Tuesday nights and Domino's on Thursdays. Domino's is great because there's no buy-in. Right. You know, so there's no barrier to entry. But there's only four guys playing at a time. So it, But it makes it a lot more communal because you've got guys waiting for the next game. It's not an all-night affair of just one game that strings out. Um, yeah. So, yeah, if your shop doesn't have a Domino's game, get one together. Okay, so real quick before we go to the break and before I go turn off the TV that somebody left blaring in here that's driving me nuts. You beat me to it. Um, pool table in the cigar shop. No. I'm, I'm a no. I'm a no also because it's just too noisy. There's too nothing noisy quiet. and takes up too much real estate because you think about it, a pool table is a pretty sizable piece of furniture to begin with. And then you've got to have enough area around it where people can move around and make their shots and then on top of that you can't put seating too close to the edge of that border or they'll get popped with a cue ball in the back of their head well you know the um because inevitably especially if it's a place that sells alcohol someone's going to get rowdy and try a trick shot they saw on youtube and end up plowing a a eight ball through a plate glass window well you know in madison they have a pool table but they have a billiards room yeah that's so you entirely. can really enjoy yourself. It's very quiet. But in Prattville, at the Prattville Cigars, they have a pool table. And I couldn't imagine sitting in that lounge with people playing pool. Yeah, I couldn't either. Could you Could you imagine, especially me, like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it would be it would be unbearable. But let's take a break. Yeah. Go turn off the TV. And then when we come back... Shane here with this week's Cigar Under 8. This week I want to talk about the San Cristobal Elegancia. This is, in my opinion, the best Connecticut wrapped cigar on the market. 
So this is a mild cigar. You know, they, they're showing on Cigar.com it heading toward medium, but I believe this is a mild cigar. It's a Connecticut wrapper. It's medium. I'm sorry to cut you off. It's a medium-flavored cigar, and that's why it's so good as a Connecticut, because it's mild in body, but you get so much rich flavor and complexity out of the cigar. Almost creamy. Yes, Almost like good heavy cream is really kind of what this cigar reminds mm-hmm. me of. So this is just a, a great cigar. It's readily available. It's easy to pick up. Um, I'm looking on Cigar.com. Pack of five in the Churchill, the 7 by 50 $36. Not bad. So we're running our seven seven fifty seven twenty five a cigar. Yeah. So great cigar. Until next week, everyone enjoy a San Cristobal Elegancia. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane, sitting across from the man that's like a wandering samurai of a cigar dispensing wisdom and justice to all he meets. (laughs) Very polite. You've gotten much more polite with your bump jokes lately. Have you noticed that? Well, so we're going to do cigar cinema here in a minute. First, I'm going to lay down some ground rules as to what cigar cinema actually is. But I know, judging from our taste in movies, I'm going to be mad at you shortly, so I figured I'd come back with a nice bump joke and say something nice about you first. You will be surprised. There is no movie on this list, save for maybe one, that I think you'll object to. And that one's only because I don't think you'll appreciate the, the movie itself, not because it's what you accuse me of liking. Oh, okay, you mean... The three-hour documentaries about the plight of pygmy miners in Argentina? Exactly. Okay, yeah. That, that, that's kind of your wheelhouse. It's really not. You go to two weird movies, and all of a sudden, cure insomnia for life. Okay, so here's the rules for cigar cinema. You must choose a movie and a cigar to go with that movie of approximate runtime smoke time should be the same. Now, for the, we'll say for the average smoker. I smoke a little fast. Um, you smoke a little slow. We'll kind of go go for the average listener, what the runtime will be. So give us the background on kind of how you came up with this idea. So some of the most fun I've had here at the cigar shop is after football season. You know, you kind of have that dead time right after football season where nothing else is going on. Right. Um, this was prior to hockey really getting big. And that dead time, so we would come here on a Saturday or Sunday in the morning and just sit at the bar and watch a movie. We get on Netflix, um, and I introduced a young man to Roadhouse. He had never seen Roadhouse with Patrick Swayze. You know, I've never seen it either. You haven't? We well, should have been here for that. You would have really liked I it. I should have. Um, he had never seen The Quiet Man. We sat that down and a, watched The Quiet Man together. That is a good movie. I actually drank a Guinness, which is unusual for me. But I, these are movies that you would like to share with a fellow that you feel you owe it to the world to have a cigar with someone and watch these movies. I think it's a civic duty at this point to actually show these movies to your fellow man. All right. So would you like to start or shall I start? I'll let you start. The greatest cigar movie of all time. 1989. A young Shane Reeves is 13 years old. And No Holds Barred. The classic wrestling movie featuring Hulk Hogan and Zeus, who was actually an actor named Tiny Lester that was in, La- in the Friday movies. This is the, the moving story of a professional wrestler who's the biggest name in the world, who's the greatest guy in the world, who works for charity. Ten minutes into this movie, a TV executive tries to kidnap him, and he jumps through the roof of a limousine and beats up four guys. It's awesome. <laughs> He saves a diner. There's a he, there's a diner scene where two guys come in to try to rob a diner he's eating, and he beats them. <laughs> no, he's just eating the diner. <laughs> he's just eating the diner. <laughs> he actually beats up these two guys, causing far more damage. I'm sure the owner of the diner would rather have just given them the yeah. money because he's tearing I bars. I only keep two hundred bucks in the till, and you just did six thousand dollars worth of damage. Yeah, he he's, he hurls like eight pies at him, rips yeah. a bar stool out of the ground, and slings it at him. Yeah, I mean, for, my insurance company's never going <laughs> to believe this. For for someone even. Politically correct, he thwarts a rape by he thwarts a rape and runs the dude down on a Harley Davidson motorcycle. And at one point, he runs the front tire underneath the dude 
and is hauling the guy across Main Street, grabbing him by his hair, driving the Harley with the guy riding on the front. Doing a wheelie, I'm guessing? Oh, no, no. Let's not gild the lily. <laughs> well, you said he was on, the, I guess he was on the fender of the front wheel, not the actual yeah, front wheel. Oh, yeah. Because otherwise the wheels turn. Anyway. And, and I love it. He, he didn't get too political with it. You okay, lady? Yeah, get him ripped. And he goes after him on the Harley. So, great movie. It's so funny, so hilarious. This movie, okay, now we have the, the tough part. So, IMDb score. Let's start with the IMDb. I'm going to make you do the IMDb and the Rotten Tomatoes score. What is the IMDb score? Is that like... Internet a, Movie Database. No, I, I understand what IMDb is. I'm saying, how do they aggregate their scores? Is it a five-star thing? It's a... It's a t- 10 stars, 0 to 10 stars, 0 being terrible, 10 being. What is the IMDb score for No Holds Barred? Uh, 4.8. That's remarkably close, (laughs) 4.4. Now, this is the critics' score on Rotten Tomatoes, which you know how I hate critics. But the critics' score on the Rotten Tomatoes, what Mm. would you say? 38. 11%. Yeah. Audience score 34. So you were close with the common man. All right. But all of those scores are way too low. If you can sit down and enjoy this movie with some friends, we would all be laughing. We would have the running commentary because in 1989, making an action movie was so different than it is nowadays. But Hulk Hogan played the true hero. There was no doubt in his mind. He never was lost. He never looked for his reason for living. He came out and beat people up. This was a perfect cigar movie, and the cigar that a man must smoke while watching this movie... I wondered movie, if we were going to get to this part. Well, I'm passionate about No Holds Barred. The cigar has to be the Illusione Gigante. I like that. Because that sounds like the name... If, if Hey, now entering the ring, Illusione Gigante. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. It does. The, sound, the Illusione Gigante is a great cigar... It would definitely last the hour and 39 minutes that this movie lasts. And just the perfect blend of the palate, that dark, rich tobacco and that Illusione flavor. And you're sitting around with the guys and you're all laughing at Hulk Hogan as he's beating people up and throwing people through power boxes and all of these things that are just amazing. So next time, next time you're at the cigar shop, no holds barred. All right, I'm trying to decide if I want to piss you off right out the gate or if I want to hold it for a moment. You mean you didn't choose No Holds Barred, too? No, no, I didn't. <laughs> I, I, there is, there's absolutely no chance of us coming up with the same movie. Did you say you only brought two? I did only bring two. Okay. Um, then I'm going to... Oh, then I'm going to make you mad to start. All right. One of... Actually, not even one of my favorite movie of all time, without a doubt, is Young Frankenstein, the Mel Brooks movie. This has um, one of the best casts ever. It's Marty Feldman, Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder. Um, sorry, I didn't have mine pulled up on the uh, on Rotten Tomatoes yet, to, so I was trying to. Okay, well, I've seen this movie. I love this movie. I don't know how this will make me mad because I love this movie with all my heart. And Peter Boyle was the the name of the person I was trying to. So one of the things, this is Mel Brooks at his best. The humor is smart but not unreachable. But it also takes its turns at the lowbrow. Well, the thing I love about this movie is it's black and white. It is. And, all. and I love that they shot it in black and white in a time when they didn't have to. And halfway through the movie, you forget that it was in black and white. Yeah, you do. I mean, it's got, it's got everything. It's got monsters. It's got romance. It's got a lynch mob. <laughs> you're stretching for romance, but I'll go with that. I mean, if you're Madeline Kahn. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, the, very rarely does a day go by that I don't, or, uh, don't quote this movie. And I watch it at least three times a year. Do you want to take a guess at what the Rotten Tomato score is? Well, so the critics don't like comedy, but this is this is aged well. This movie has aged well. This movie, when it come out, would have been a low Rotten Tomato score, but it has aged so well. I will say eighty-two percent. Where do you find the? Um, <laughs> no, I mean, is it, where's the critics' score versus the? Oh. 
So the the overall score that's the critic score, and then I don't know these things. Uh, critics rate it ninety three percent. Ninety three percent. Okay. Audience I, at ninety two. I went see. I went a little soft because I was scared that the critics, you the, know, the critics ain't good on comedies. It's true, but this is one of those that holds up so well, uh, just because it's. Yeah, it's not the comedy we would necessarily, but it's way better from a from a holding up standpoint than Blazing Saddles, for example. But Mel Brooks is. I'm saying from a critic's point of view. Sure, from a critic's point of view. Yeah. From a political point of view, this is a lot more fr- more user-friendly than a Blazing Saddle. So what cigar do you smoke when you watch this masterpiece? All right. This is what's going to make you so mad. So as you mentioned, Young Frankenstein is shot in black and white, even though they don't have to. It takes place in Eastern Europe. It's a very classic. It's a very timeless movie. The Nat Sherman Timeless. So let me get this straight. You have the Frank from Tatawahe available to you. That's too on the nose. That is way too on the nose. Movie that's Plus, about I've never had that cigar, so I don't know if it's any good. The Nat, I know how much you hate Nat Sherman, and we've agreed that we won't smoke them anymore as, as a part of the show, and I haven't. Um, I'm not saying this is my go-to cigar every time, but I think it... It just because of that that throwback, that classicness to this, and th- that's what I mean. This movie is an instant classic from the first time I watched it back twenty years ago. Um, it and and at an hour and a half ish runtime, it's a perfect length for a Churchill. It is a good length for a Churchill. Okay, I'll I'll allow it, even though I don't necessarily agree. But I didn't have time to prepare, and I do agree that Frank's probably a little too on the nose and a little hard to gather together five francs for all the guys to sit around and smoke to watch the movie. True. And I will so you bring up a good point about being on the nose. To that point a couple of honorable mentions. Since we both said one of ours, we'll go ahead and jump into that now. Um, Not that I would ever spend $100 on a cigar but I feel like if you're going to watch the James Bond movie Spectre you know, this James Bond, he's the height of everything. You know, the expensive cars and clothes and the things. So you get yourself a Vesper, Vesper Martini, if you're into that sort of thing, and a, and a Cohiba Spectre. Again, on the nose, because the only thing those two things have in common is the name. But I just think if you're going for that type of Bond experience, I think that would be a great way to do it. My honorable mention is a great movie stars Samuel L. Jackson and Robert Carlyle called Formula 51. Have you ever seen Formula 51? I haven't. It's Samuel L. Jackson at his best. He's a pharmacist that got caught in the wrong place at the wrong time and become a drug manufacturer and creates Formula 51. And the whole movie is about him going through the process. You would like this movie. Very European. The whole movie's all European. Okay. Very European movie. Um, Great movie. But now for this, you must smoke the DNA. Just because of the randomness of Formula 51, and when you see the big hitch of the movie is that Formula 51 actually turns out to be a, a drug that doesn't do anything. Yeah. And all. It's all power of suggestion. And all. And the well, I DNA, guess I don't have to watch it now. You've given it all away. Oh, no. It's fun to watch. I'm, I'm not a believer in spoilers. It's fun to watch. <laughs> the ride is well worth the, the time. Um, the other honorable mention I had was any Western. And we talked about this the other night when we were kind of brainstorming this whole segment, which is, number one, um, KFC. Right. I mean, the Drew Estate KFC, Kentucky Fire Cured, goes with a Western. It smells like a Western. The problem, though. Yeah, you know, the, I, a KFC would last me approximately the length of an episode of, gut, of gun smoke. Right. They don't make any in a size that really can last the length of a Western. Plus, and probably for good reason, I don't think I could smoke and enjoy a 6x60 KFC. I don't think I could smoke that much of that fire cure. No, I can only smoke one KFC a year, and if, especially if that KFC were a 6x60. Right. No, forget about it. But honorable mention also goes to the Toscano for any spaghetti western. Any of the spaghetti westerns, Toscano's a must. I mean, you know, and despite its size, it'll last an hour to an hour and a half. And because they're so small... Give two. Yeah, I'm, we'll we'll allow a special dispensation for Toscano that you may have two cigars during the span of one Western, especially if it's good and bad and ugly, which is like three hours long. Right. And also, we will allow special dispensation for Toscano. My other movie, my other featured movie, the 1988 
comedy classic, Hot to Trot. Have you ever seen Hot to Trot? No, I haven't. Man, we, we've got to start having cigar cinema and get you educated. So this stars Bobcat Goldweight and John Candy as the voice of the horse. So this is a talking horse me, movie. You've told me about this movie before. This is, this is an absolutely great, great movie. It's hilarious. John Candy's perfect in it. Gilbert Godfrey's in it, plays a dentist for a few minutes. Just he's Bobcat is a stockholder, stockbroker down on his time, and then he starts getting stock tips from a talking horse. So perfectly <laughs> plausible. And all. What is? Let's just do Rotten Tomatoes score. Let's not bother with IMDb because they're too esoteric. What is the Rotten Tomatoes critic score for Hot to Trot? What is your guess? Mm, 34%. So this is the largest gap. I've looked at a lot of Rotten Tomatoes. This is the largest gap between the critic score and the audience score I've ever seen. Okay. Critics gave it 0%. <laughs> Which shows what the critics... The audience has it at 41%, which I still believe is a little low. I think this is a 72 all day long. But 0% for Hot to Trot. That's funny. Although, youth, if the general audience thinks it's around mid-40s, four, or 41, you said, mm-hmm. and you think it up in the 70s, that tells me a lot about your your, your movie choice, especially Great. the two that you brought up. My tastes are kindly, kindly esoteric, but do your last movie. All right. This one... I am actually not going to be able. This is this one falls a little too much on the in the on the nose. Oh wait, sorry, I forgot to give the cigar for Hot to Trot. Oh yeah, <laughs> it must be the Arturo Fuente Añejo. Really, this is an Añejo movie. This is a perfect movie for that Añejo, that rich, full smoke because it doesn't. This so movie, a sixteen dollars cigar for a four cent movie. Well, this doesn't. The thing is, so I don't want to smoke a super good cigar and watch a super good movie. I don't want to have to try to be multiply engaged. So this movie, you don't have to engage deep. Just every time the horse starts talking, you start laughing. Right. So you don't have to get too deep into this movie to really, really enjoy it. And the Añejo is a deep cigar. It's a cigar of a lot of depth, a lot of feel. I have a hard time throwing that kind of cigar away on, on an experience like that, though. I but want, you're not throwing it away. But it's want, a talking horse, and it's John Candy. No, I know, but I want, if I'm going to smoke an Añejo, I want something that has the gravity of an Añejo. That's where, that's where you and I are different. I want a great cigar with a great movie. See, I don't, don't want a burn goofy a cigar. cigar with a goofy movie. <laughs> no, I don't want to burn a great cigar on a good movie, because then I have to be... I'm too engaged in two things at once. I must be focused. So... The, and, and this is an interesting argument for cigar cinema. And all, should you have, you know, the Illusione Gigante and No Holds Barred. That's a great cigar, but it's not a cigar that you have to focus on. Right. It's an it's a, it's a un, undemanding, unprepossessing cigar. The cigar is not cigar. the event in, it, in and of itself. Right. But you combine it with No Holds Barred and it becomes magical. Yeah. The Añejo is an event. And the Añejo paired with Hot to Trot, where every now and then you look up and laugh at the talking horse, especially when he's talking to the horsefly, it's great. Um, you really could enjoy it in that way. But carry on. All right. So I've got three other movies that I could choose from here because I didn't realize you were only bringing two. Well, this isn't the cigar movie review. Well, no, but, <laughs> I, but I really sort of jumped on the idea. I really, I really love this idea. We'll revisit cigar cinema. Just pick your favorite. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to pick the one that's going to annoy you the most uh, because... Not not for my selection of the cigar to go with it, but because of the movie itself. Because you were expecting me to come out with some droning epic. I, w- I was expecting a dirge, I'll be honest. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, this is one of those where I'm not going to be able to uh, actually enjoy this cigar when I watch it for the first time. I haven't seen it yet because it's still in theaters. But uh, earlier this year, uh, Foundation Cigars released the High Clare Castle. Right. And do you remember when I smoked it on the show what I told you about it? Right. That it's with the Downtown Abbey movie. Yeah. So Downton Abbey is currently in theaters. And this does fall into that a little too on the nose category. Yeah, I was going to say, you got on me for the Frank? I did. <laughs> but having... So I've watched the entire run of the TV series multiple times. I, I'm a big fan of the show. And I have smoked the the High Clare Castle of Cigar. And I think apart from the name, they do sort of 
share something. There's something about it. It's it's a very, very good cigar, but it has some of that old world flavor. It has some of that classic nuance to it that I think really lends itself to a period piece like this. But, okay, I'm challenging. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing down the gauntlet Runtime is 122 minutes, so two hours. That cigar is darn... In, in the largest ring gauge, it's... Uh, or in the largest size he has in the humidor, that's about an hour 45 smoke. Okay. But if you come in here in your fish flops, wearing your cut-off T-shirt, and sit down at the bar and say, okay, guys... I've moved on to the Whataburger shoes. What are you talking about? (laughs) Okay, guys, we're going to watch Downtown Abbey the movie together. It's Downton, not downtown. (laughs) Which, whatever. It won't matter because we're going to tar and feather you and run you out of here on a rail. You forget that I watch movies and smoke cigars at my own house. This is not the kind of movie that I would... But cigar cinema is the, is the movie you, that needs to be shared with your fellow cigar smoker. This is not the movie that you're going to sit at home in the dark eating a crumpet and smoke a cigar and watch it. This is a, You have totally missed the point of cigar cinema. All right. Do you want me to quickly give you one of my others then? Yes, I disallow Downtown Abbey. I completely throw that one out the door because that is not a movie that we would ever watch as a group here in the city. It should be. You might learn something. If somebody walks into the cigar lounge and we're all sitting there smoking high clear castles, watching Downtown Abbey, wearing smoking jackets and fish flops, they're going to leave. They're going to say, I didn't know it was that kind of a bar. So, by all means, please redeem yourself with some hope. All right, fine. And not a chick flick. No, well, (laughs) okay. This might actually fall into that category. But but this is is much more in the spirit. And and I think it falls into what you were talking about in terms of needing to be shared. When I was in film school, I was amazed at the number of people who hadn't seen some of the brilliant and great classics. You know, the things that that created the things we know as tropes to this day. And one of my favorites in that category, and I'm sure you love this movie too. I think you're going to... I think you're actually going to fight back on this one a little bit, but the number of people who, my age, and even your age to a certain extent, who have never seen Casablanca. Yes, it's a bit of a romance. It's a bit of what you call a chick flick, but it's not. No, no, no. Bogart's too good for it to be. I would never put Bogart into a chick flick. Yeah. I I think Casablanca is absolutely a cigar shop, share with your buddies kind of experience. I think it's absolutely the type of movie um, that you could watch in this environment without getting heckled out the door. Now, the thing is, if you're choosing Casablanca, Mm -hmm. you're going to have to choose a smoke to go with it. And it's going to have to be, I mean, you're going to have to do good. Because when you're talking Bogart and you're talking a, a movie that it's going to be harder to get the younger generation to settle in and really watch this movie and all. So what what is the smoke? Redeem yourself. Oliva. Okay. Master Blend. A complex cigar. With beautiful plumes of smoke. That's part of what I love about Again, from kind of my film school mind going off on this movie. One of the things I love is how beautifully it's shot. And, you know, Bogart smoking in pretty much every scene. Cigarettes, but still, not the point. And it, the, the soft focus and, and the, the wispiness of the smoke. The, the, the Oliva Master Blend puts off that exact same kind of smoke. It's a very light but full white. It, it just, there's something classic about it. And the flavor is, you know, Casablanca takes place in Africa, right? So it's got to be a cigar that doesn't have too strong of flavors. Sure, Um, sure. And I think the Master Blend is one that is so complex, much like the plot of the movie, but isn't overpowering. But also is nice enough that it it goes, you know, we're talking about an upper echelon part of the, uh, you know, part of society in this movie for the most part and we're talking about an upper echelon cigar I think those two things pair I will allow it but I will just barely allow it and all because I do see difficulty in getting five guys to follow a super complex plot especially without somebody being that guy oh yeah watch this part watch this it's really important watch this part oh yeah this part's where this happens but that's a shortcoming of the audience not the movie and or the pairing 
but the point is to to bring the audience to the movie, and you have to meet the audience on the ground in which they inhabit. All right. Well, we have sufficiently <laughs> wasted the entire second half of the show talking about movies. Um, so we'll pick up on the other stuff we were going to talk about next week because uh, we beat that horse. To, actually, all right. I'll tell you what. I challenge you, since you don't like my suggestions, and. No, I had no problem with Young Frankenstein, aside from you didn't have a great cigar to pair with it, but I have no problem with Young Frankenstein. Okay, but you you had an issue with that, and you had an issue with my second one, and you downright expunged. Oh, the record one. must be expunged of Downtown, Downtown Abbey. It, see, I thought you were pronouncing it at that point on purpose just to mess with me. So, so okay. Anyway, um, let's talk to listeners. Surely... They have. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. I'll, I will trump you. I will one up you. Somebody, please send me something better for movie and cigar than Downton Abbey, and I'll send you an ashtray. All right. I have the gauntlet has the been house. thrown down. I, send it to me on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash/thecigarcast. If I judge your better yet, post it to the Facebook page. Make it public. Please. Don't, don't just message one of us. Although, I mean, you're more than welcome to. Post it to the Facebook page and sh- and give us give us your suggestion. Give us your ideas. I, I I know full well there are better ideas out there than mine. There's got to be better out better out there than Shane's. So mine were perfect. Your movie choices were horrendous. A zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. What do they know? Uh, quite a bit. They're owned by Fandango. Hey, I'll tell you what. No holds barred. I guarantee you. More profitable than down, Downton Abbey. Cost eight, <laughs> eight million dollars to make it. It only took eight million dollars to make this movie, and you know, two hundred thousand. That was the limo that Hulk Hogan destroyed. And eight million dollars to make that movie. It raked in sixteen million dollars at the theaters. Then, it, and this is in nineteen eighty nine. So, in today's numbers, that would be much bigger. You know, today you kind of got to adjust it. Sixteen million in the theaters. So it doubled the production budget in the theaters. Okay. And then they featured a huge pay-per-view, which was No Holds Barred, the match in the movie, where Randy Macho Man Savage and Tiny Lister fought Hulk Hogan and Brutus the Barber Beefcake in a huge pay-per-view extravaganza that I know made millions of dollars. Huge buy rates. I will guarantee you No Holds Barred put more money in Vince McMahon's pocket than Downton Abbey has ever put in anybody's pocket. Do you want to know how much it cost to make the Downton Abbey movie? Please. $17 million. Seventeen million. It's been out for a week. It's already made sixty-one point eight million dollars. So it has quadrupled just about its budget. That's true. Uh, I stand corrected. Okay, but I will still call No Holds Barred a success. I'm offended that you believe I, No I'm Holds Barred to be I'm not saying it's not a success. I'm just movie. saying it sounds like a terrible movie. Uh, anyway, so yes, post that to our Facebook page. Uh, whoever sends us the best one, you're getting an ashtray. Get an ashtray. All, All right. right. We'll put it good. on the Facebook page. I'll take a picture of an ashtray and we'll put it up there. Perfect. That, that Facebook page, by the way, is facebook.com slash the cigarcast. We're also available on Instagram and Twitter at the cigarcast. Well, thanks everyone for listening tonight. And until next week, please have a great cigar and think well of us. Mm-hmm.